Hello, everyone, and welcome inside the home office, and welcome to this latest edition of the NEC Overtime Pod. I'm Craig D'Amico, and today we are joined by former Duquesne Dukes offensive lineman. He suited up on the gridiron for several seasons here in the Northeast Conference, and now he's a current WWE superstar in training. We're pleased to welcome Roman Masick. Roman, thank you so much for taking time out of your training and your busy schedule to join us here on the show today. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, we, we mentioned, you know, we'll get to WWE in a little bit, but we mentioned, you know, you spent plenty of years, you know, here in the fall up in the Northeast, you know, playing on the gridiron for Duquesne. What, what were some of your best memories of playing for Coach Schmidt and playing for Duquesne here in the Northeast Conference? Well, the two that I can think off the top of my head, the first being the first FBS win in program, I believe in conference history too, last right. season when we beat Ohio, that was awesome. And then obviously conference championship my sophomore season continuing that to be having the first ever playoff win when we went up to Towson in that rainstorm and beat Towson no one expected that to happen so that was that was those are two pretty cool memories I have now you, you you've been blocking for many key offensive pieces that are still part of the team this year Joe Mishler Billy Lucas and, and I don't know how closely you've been following the team but you know what, what do you make of, of these guys and their title chances here in 2022? I think Duquesne has a really good chance. I think they're going to run the table in the conference. I feel like every year we're either for, seated first or second to finish in the conference, but we know that we're the best team. We challenge ourselves early on in the season, playing Hawaii, playing Florida State. We always did. We had UMass. We've had Hawaii before. The COVID year we had, we were going to go to Air Force and we were going to go to Coastal Carolina. So we always challenge ourselves at the beginning of the season. And then it gets us ready for conference. And I feel like that makes us play better. But I think that, these guys have a really good chance at winning the conference and taking home a ring. And, and it, it seems that year in, year out, you know, Coach Schmidt and this coaching staff, like they, they got it together. You know, whatever talent they have, they can put it together and be competitive in the Northeast Conference. You know, what, what is it about this coaching staff at Duquesne that, that works so well? I think that everyone, it's, it's everyone. It's you have to buy into the program. You can't just. Be, you just can't be half in, half out. You have to fully buy into what they preach to the family atmosphere that we have. And that's exactly what it is. I treat every single one of the guys like they're my brothers. And I think that just made the bond really, really good between us all. And even the coaches, like they're great people outside too. And they're able to have life conversations with you outside of football. So it's not always just football, football when you're on the field for sure. But if you see them around, it's not just like, Hey, do this. It's, Hey, how's it going? How's your life? And, I think that's a really good thing that the coaches bring into it, that they treat you like people outside of football. Well, let, let's get into life because uh, you're a very interesting story and a very interesting journey. And we're excited to chat with you about it here. Uh, for those that don't know, this past spring, you, you tried out for you're, you're still with Duquesne. You tried out down at WrestleMania weekend in Texas uh, for a, a WWE tryout. Um, and you were signed to a contract not too long after that. So let, let's start, I guess, at the beginning. Where, where did your love of pro wrestling and being interested in pro wrestling, where did that come from? So it started from when I was a young kid. I would watch it on TV with my brother and my dad. And it, it just got us, it got me and my brother into amateur wrestling. So the first amateur wrestling practice I went to, I hit a DDT and they were like, you just pinned yourself. I was like, no, like, I'm pretty sure like that's a move. He's going to be out. And they're like, the kid's crying. I felt bad. Like, that's a different sport. Like WWE, amateur wrestling, they're two different things, even though it's called wrestling. So that's like where my love started. I always watched it growing up. 
And then when I got to college, there's a few people on the wing that would just have it on TV and we'd sit out there and we'd watch WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble. We had the WWE network at the time. So it was pretty cool to see some other people watching it with me. Growing up, I had all the action figures too. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, at least you didn't break out a steel chair. The DDT, you know, it's great that you stopped right. there. But, uh, you know, so back as a kid, um, you know, were, were you, as far as athletics go, were you always into to football, amateur wrestling? Were there any other sports that you were involved in when you were young? For the most part, it was football, amateur wrestling. When I got to high school, it was football, amateur wrestling. I wrestled 220 my first three years. And then my junior season, I threw for, I threw shot put and ja uh, shot put javelin and discus for track and field. Wow to get to try to get another letter for my junior and senior year because if you have nine letters you get put on something that my high school has it's called the aw russo wall of fame so you get put out there you have nine letters so i did track to get those other extra two letters so you're up there yeah yeah i had th three in football and four in wrestling you get uh so football my freshman year there was a ninth grade team so you weren't allowed to be on the high school varsity team the next year they changed that so of course, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so back back growing up, what were some of your earliest pro wrestling memories? Like, can you remember some of the earliest memories where it first like clicked? Like, ooh, pro wrestling. When, when were some of those moments? What was those memories for you? I can remember sitting in my house with my dad. We were watching. I forget exactly which one it was, but John Cena had the Big Show and Edge up on his back, and I remember just like yelling down the stairs to my brother, like, "It's unbelievable!" Like. I was like, oh, my God, John Cena just lifted these guys up and hit his finishing move that's now called the AA. But uh, that was that was one I remember. I remember going to the Mellon Arena, watching – it was Batista versus The Undertaker in a steel cage match. Wow. It was unbelievable. I remember meeting Hornswoggle and The Miz and Deuce and Domino out at King's in Robinson Township. And then I remember going down to WrestleMania – I went to WrestleMania twice, both times in Orlando. So it's kind of apropos that I'm down in Orlando now. <laughs> that was uh, 24. That was the, the Ric Flair last match. And then there was yes. 33, which was Undertaker and Roman in the main event. Those are yes. two, two pretty good manias. Right. Yeah, so, so what, awesome. what, what, what were your takeaways from just being there as a fan, just the, the, the spectacle of everything? It was just awe-inspiring just seeing like how big, how spectacular that this event is. It's huge. It's in an outdoor stadium. It was at the Citrus Bowl. At uh, Camping World Stadium, I think this is what they call it now. Yep. But it's just like they had like a roller coaster behind it. And the ramp was unbelievable. I was like, you kidding me? Like these people get to live my dream. Like I have to do this someday. So that well, is that, coming. And that's what I was going to ask. Like at that point when you were there just in the stands as a fan, you know, going back to the old Mellon Arena to WrestleMania, was it still just, wow, it's a great spectacle? Or even then were you saying to yourself, I, I could see myself doing this someday. I want to do this someday. I've always pictured myself just doing like entrances and stuff like that. Even as a kid growing up on the trampoline, doing moves to like, I had life-size bunnies and whatever they were. <laughs> so life-size stuffed animals. So I would always do wrestling moves. We would always have entrances and commentate our matches. So I always saw that. And especially at like the WrestleMania like that, I was just like, like I can definitely see myself being here someday. You ever get in trouble as a kid for a mom and dad jumping off the couch or breaking any furniture or anything like that, having matches in the living room? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I would, <laughs> I broke way too many things. <laughs> I, I've too been many there too. That, that's why I asked. Cause I, I've, I've been there too. 
Um, so you, you went to the, the tryout during WrestleMania weekend down to Dallas training with other uh, collegiate athletes like yourself looking for the opportunity. So you know, how did that opportunity come about that you were one of the, the few selected to, to join? Yeah, it's a very random, very random how it happened. I just got a direct message on Instagram one day and I got a text message too. And I was like, this is fake. There's no way this is real. And then I checked and I saw they had the verified check mark. So I was responding. I was like, yeah, let's set up a phone call. I talked to one of the scouts and he invited me down to Dallas for the tryout. And at first I was not sure if that was, I mean, it was something I wanted to do, but not sure if it was something I could do because I'm still playing football at the time. So right. I still had spring ball. I'm in, I'm enrolled in law school. So I had oral arguments coming up. So I had to make sure that this was okay with everyone before I just said yes, because I wanted to say yes immediately, but I knew that it was it was just a tough time because I still had one more year of football. So I asked, I said, is there another tryout that you guys have? And he said, yes, we're probably going to have one in the summer, but we're not sure yet. So it's like I had the opportunity to offer to go to a tryout or a possible opportunity to go to a potential tryout. So I made sure I reached out to the other captains. I spoke to Joe Mishler. My roommate was Spencer DeMetal. I talked to... Mike Durando, our starting center, et cetera, et cetera, the defensive captains. And I made sure I talked to the coaches too, just to make sure that that was something that they would allow to do. Now, Coach Schmidt, obviously, he didn't want me to go do anything to risk me getting injured for the season or for spring ball because this is – the tryout was the week of the spring game. Wow. So he – I'm happy that he allowed me to go. My law school dean and all my professors were more than happy to let me go for the week. It was, it was really cool what they let me do. So it sounds like, you know, coaches, teammates on board. What, what was uh, family? What, what was that like when they heard that uh, you had that opportunity? I don't think they really knew what to expect. I mean, they knew that this is something I always wanted to do. But my dad, I mean, my mom and dad are kind of like, I mean, you're playing football. Like, don't let your team down. Like, you're in law school. Like, you're going to do that for this. I was like, well, I mean, we'll see where this goes. Like, we don't know right. what's going to happen. Like, and I think, like, after – I got the call and I was offered like my parents both cried. So they were both happy for me. So when, when you get there and, and you're, you're, you, you arrive, you're in Dallas and you're, you're going in, what, what was it like just going into the room, the auditorium, wherever it was, what, what was your, your initial uh, reaction when you, you took it all in? So the tryout took place at the star. So the Dallas Cowboys training wow. facility. So you walk in there, there's four rings set up and there was like a black curtain behind it. And you're just like, oh, my God, like seeing like the facility, the Dallas Cowboys facility is it's way bigger than Duquesne's football stadium. But it's I don't know how many people they have in there, but they could host multiple games in there. That's and the same that, facility that on Hard Knocks, they had the drone camera go through. I mean, yeah, that was incredible. It's it's unbelievable. We were sitting up in the box when we had lunch and you could just look down and like it's you're in a dome it's it's unbelievable there was it was just like mouth drop like you're like staring you're like what is this like this is unbelievable like it it blew me away how they had it set up it was it was unbelievable so so what did the tryout entail like what were some of the the things that they put you through so the first day was like a promo class kind of just like introducing yourself to people nothing crazy they did height, weight. They did some athletic things just to see your speed on jumping over some hurdles and then getting your verticals and almost like combine style drills there. 
uh, along with just the first in-ring session, we would do like the warm-up would consist of push-ups, sit-ups, get-ups, uh, et cetera. And that, that was probably one of the hardest things is just like the conditioning because, I mean, they're always watching. So if someone just like, they, they think someone's not watching you, they're always watching you. So, I mean, that, that's fine to me. I mean, playing football, it's the same thing, like push-ups, sit-ups, squats, and get-ups aren't that much different than that. But then getting into the ring, learning how to hit the ropes, learning how to take bumps, that's when it started getting real challenging on your body because your body would sometimes shut down. People go down with injuries. Everyone's back was bruised from the ropes. And then it was – it's very taking toll-taking on the body. And what was it just one day or was it multiple days? Three days. So the second day, second day was two sessions of in-ring or I'm sorry, an in-ring session and a promo session. So we had a promo sheet that we had to memorize a little thing and go out there and put our own little twist on it. And the third day was group promos. So we went out there with a group and kind of came up with our own little promo thing there. And we also, we were actually outside in front of an audience that day. So it's kind of cool. So on the, the, the plane ride back, you just had that incredible experience being a part of that. On the plane ride back, you're thinking about that. You still have law school that you have the, the spring spring game coming. So there must be a lot going on through your mind. What, what were what were you, you thinking on that ride back as far as how you did and what you still have coming up? So actually on the ride back. So I'm on the ride back about three hours before my spring game starting. So I'm trying to, I'm literally just <laughs> focusing on the plays and everything. But like after the spring game and everything, I had time to reflect. There were people that were offered that that Saturday. Yeah, that Saturday. So I wasn't really sure. I'm sorry, that Friday. So I wasn't really sure if I if I did enough to get the contract because it was already people offered. So I was like, and eh, maybe they like want to invite me back for an extended. Like, I don't really know what else I could do because I thought like even after the first and second day, I thought that I had a really good showing. I thought like this is something that I definitely could do. I thought I stood out in the correct way. And I mean, not getting offered that Friday was kind of like, oh, maybe I just wasn't enough. Maybe they, I'm too short or something like that. So, I mean, it was a little like mental uh, upset there, but I wasn't focused on that until after, because I was still in football, came back, right. landed the plane, went right to Duquesne, went immediately into the training room, got a little bit of treatment and then started getting ready. <laughs> so it was like no turnaround. People were like, you're crazy. I can't believe you played right. Like everyone at the trial, like you're playing in the game today. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so all, all that going on. And then, so when did you finally hear the good news that you, you were being offered the opportunity? So the following Tuesday, I was sitting in my property class and we still, we have a group message with our, the, everyone who was at the tryout and we start getting messages in there. Some people were like, Hey, we just got a call. Like, Hey, I didn't make it or like stuff like that. So I'm like sitting in class, like, okay, when's this class going to end? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here, get back to my dorm room or my apartment. And as soon as I get in there, I get a call from W it says WWE wow. from Sanford, Sanford, Connecticut. I'm just like, Oh, here it is. And it's the phone. And they're like, Hey, Roman, how are you doing? Just talk for a little bit. He's like, how do you think you did the trial? And I was like, I thought I did good. Like, I love it. Like it was so fun. And he was like, okay, we're going through some people right now we're giving some good calls or we're having a little bit of fun and some bad calls where there's not that much fun and he said this is one of those good calls we'll be having some fun wow. so like, I started crying I was just like thank you thank you immediately I was like yes yes I want to do what I wanted without even thinking and it was it was really really cool uh, that, that's awesome it sounded like they were trying to be a little dramatic like on American Idol or something like that it's trying to play it up a little bit but 
Uh, it, obviously, I'm sure it was great to hear the news and, and you know, maybe that made things a little bit more difficult because like, you had decisions to make, law school, football team, WWE, kind of all at once. So what, what was the process in, in making a decision that you're going with WWE? Well, I kind of just let everyone know, at, like, at least my football team-wise, I was like, hey, like, here's a situation. I got offered a contract and every single person was like, no way, like, go do this. Like, this is something you've always wanted to do. You've always talked about this. This is perfect for you. Like, there's like, you have to do this. And like, even my coach was like, dang it. Like I knew you would get offered. Everyone else was like, so supportive. My parents, all my friends were like, dude, do this. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't. And I knew that football had one year left so like that was in that leaving my guys like after i already went through the spring ball which is everyone knows spring ball is the worst right. <laughs> so go i already made it through the spring ball season and i just got to go through camp and the fun season where we get to play florida state in hawaii and go for a chance with one more ring with my guys so that was the hardest part in the decision but how supportive everyone was and basically saying go for this like that just made it so much easier and as before we get to you know all all hardcore went into the wrestling stuff as far as the law school end goes do you think that maybe that's something someday down the road you, you can come back to absolutely i spoke with the dean numerous times since i've left and she's like hey like your spot's always here like i'm on a leave of absence right now so that's something that gives me the opportunity to come back i think i have seven years to finish my degree so it's not like i have any rush i can always right. try to extend my leave of absence go to i can do it fully online now I don't know if I can with how much I'm doing here, but it's it's definitely an option. Well, so let's talk about that. So right now you're you're in Orlando, you're training every day, you know, to be WWE superstar. So take us through a typical life, uh, a day in the life of, of a WWE trainee. What's your schedule? What are some of the rigors and demands that you go through on a daily basis? Yeah, it's it's a very rigorous day. It's usually anywhere from four to six hours in the ring. Once, you, once you're starting off, like in my position, the more hours that you are in the ring, the better for you just to continuously practice and rep everything. So I'm in the ring for about six hours a day, plus an hour of lifting each day. And then we have TVs on Tuesday, obviously. So those are a different day. So that's when we have our live TV in Orlando. So that's a really cool, interest, interesting experience too, to see that. And then there's two days a week, we'll have either a promo class or we'll have a history class where we learn about how wrestling started, uh, the evolution of wrestling, learn about everything, the attitude era, et cetera, et cetera. We'll have guest coaches come in from time and speak to us. It's, it's really cool. So let's go through the Tuesday first. So when, when there's the live TV down in Orlando at the performance center, where are, are you there watching? Are you backstage? What, what, what's your role when that's going on? Yeah. Um, it, it depends on a daily basis what I'm needed for. So if I'm needed to work as security officer, which I've been as a security guard on the past few episodes of NXT, I'm security guard on the next episode of NXT. It's, it's pretty cool. So you get to, you do pre-tapes and you walk through everything. It's, it's really, really cool. And then if you're needed, like sometimes everyone just sits backstage and we watch, it's really, really cool. And, and then for the, the, the pro, the history classes. So is, is it like, you know, a, a high school or college history club? Like, do you get tests? Like, what, what, what is it? What is it like? No, no tests. Just, to, just a class to like learn about the business. Cause I mean, I grew up watching this. This is like, I knew so much about it, but there's stuff that like we go over that I don't know. And there's people that 
know everything. So it's, it's really cool just to understand this business inside and out. It's awesome. Uh, you know, we, we talked earlier about being a part of a team at, at, at Duquesne. How would you say maybe some of, of your experience of being a part of the, the team culture, team aspect in, the, in college, in the Northeast Conference of Duquesne, helped with maybe some of the team aspects that are going on at WWE being part of the training program? It's, it's exactly how I look at this place is it's everyone's here. We're all, we all have common goals, but it's like, I'm, I'm a starting left guard and there's, I have two backups. Like you're competing with other people too, but yeah. it's a fun, it's a fun type of competing. Like everyone's working, grinding, making each other better. So it's, it's a really cool thing. And I just love being friendly and just trying to be as friends with as many people as I can. So it's, it's a really cool experience. So, so when you're in there training, I don't know if you've gotten this far yet, but have you have a chance to kind of work on or think about the the style of wrestler you want to be like, you know, submission or brawler or, you know, high flyer or anything like that? Have you started to work on that? I'd love to be a high flyer. I mean, I don't know if that's in my repertoire, but we'll, we'll try out some flips and stuff. That'll be really cool. But I think the wrestling aspect, since I have the wrestling backgrounds are really good, good starting base, just learning the basic holds, learning how wrestling moves work and, I think as long as you have a good wrestling base, I think you can add your flair into anything. And that's, that's what I plan to do is just have the basic stuff, make the basic stuff look really, really good. And then add my flair to it. Have you, have you thought about any potential characters yet? I mean, continuing with the law with the law school career, I mean, might as well throw out the law school gimmick. That'd be really cool. I mean, I'm Italian, throw out something with that. Any, <laughs> I mean, I'm open for anything. I'm just kind of, I'm here, whatever, whatever gimmick I'm given, I'm going to ride with and go 100% into it. Now, we, we, you attend promo classes where they teach, you know, talking and, and the art of, of all that. So, you know, what would you say in a, in a promo is like the, the biggest key to, to delivering a, a successful promo? That's a good question. I think I stuttered on this last time, too. <laughs> uh, I think to give a good promo, you just have to be willing to be different, to show emotion to, I mean, if, if something you're talking about is actually like emotional, learn to tap in and get emotional. Like it's, it's okay to cry. I mean, that's a good thing. Some people love that. It's okay to be, you're actually mad at something. Be show you're mad, be angry. I mean, I think if you can just have your emotions show that you actually mean what you're saying, I think that's really important. So how, how, I guess, interested or excited do you get as far as the storytelling aspect the fact that with your words with your moves with all that you get to tell a story for for an audience how how much part of it is that for you you know with all the physical stuff as well it's it's just as important as the physical stuff i mean telling the story is really what draws people's attention in i mean if i'm just going to go out there and wrestle joe joe schmo i mean there's no story behind it but if Joe Schmo beat up my older brother. Like, yeah, there's just a little story behind it. So it, it's kind of like what brings the audience in. No one's just going to want to watch. I mean, you look at Conor McGregor, one of the greatest sports entertainers in MMA. Like there was a story behind all his matches. I mean, I could go back to name countless feuds over WWE and there's a story behind all those matches. And those are what makes the best of the best. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania is one of my favorite matches. The first one and the second one, awesome yeah. matches. And the story built behind that is incredible. And that's, we're here with some of the best, the best writers in the country that create this. And it's unbelievable how creative they are. And just to be a part of their creativity 
is something really, really cool. And you're talking about stories told over years and years. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and I, I want to go back to a couple of things that you talked about there. So we talked about the promo classes. We talked about the art of telling a story. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm wondering if I, if I could maybe have you do a quick, like, 20 second promo on me. Like, let's say that we have a match this Saturday and I did beat up your younger brother or whatever. Uh, so you, you, you got to sell the audience on us having a match uh, coming up this week. You're getting revenge on me. Do you think you can do it? I mean, I definitely can try. All right. So all we need is like, like about 20 seconds. All right. When, whenever you're ready. No, right, let me think. Let me think. I haven't done on the spot promos, but I mean, that's a really cool thing. I'll, I'll, I'll set you up. I'm like, Roman. I got your brother, and this Sunday, I'm coming for you. Listen here, Craig. I don't know who you think you are taking my brother, but you know for damn sure that I'll kick your ass inside that ring and outside that ring and definitely in the courtroom because I'm filing a lawsuit against your ass. That was great. That was great. I went right with the attorney gimmick too. I was like, what gimmick can I use? No, that was awesome. And by the way, just for the record, I want no part of Roman in real life. This is just, a, I, I want nothing to do with you, Roman. You don't have to worry about me. I know we're, we're a PG company too, but they allow, they allow certain words that are, the, the words I said there are okay. Okay. All right. So I don't know if they have to be bleeped out on the, <laughs> on the podcast, but no, we, we, we just made it interesting and worth our audience's uh, viewership on this one. But, Perfect. Uh, so let, 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 let's, I want to ask you about, you know, one of my idols, you mentioned him as well, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. He's down there in Orlando, um, you know, is one of the lead guys down there with NXT. So, you know, is he as cool as he seems? You know, what, what are your, your interactions with him? Absolutely. And just, he's doing so much for us and for the community. He just made a, uh, make a wish this about a week ago and it was it was unbelievable and just seeing that that's something that we can do is I mean John Cena has a record I think that just came out last week because yeah. he has six over 650 wishes granted like that's something special like there's kids that look up to us and like he was one of the people that I looked up to so to see that that made him feel some type of way made him feel very special like I couldn't imagine like being someone's wish like just to meet i want to meet roman Masek. obviously it would probably be a different name but i want to meet roman Masek. like that's that means so much you know I, I know a lot of people in the company talk about this like you know putting smiles on people's faces but like that's so true like it, it, it's so important too because you never know like you know one little interaction or one little moment or something that might be like you know throw away or something that you don't even think of how much that could mean to you know a kid or, or, or someone else i mean that's huge Right. Now, I, I you, you kind of referenced it there and, and kind of to bring us home here, I do want to ask, you know, you are Roman and there's another Roman, uh, you know, the big ooze, the head of the table, tribal chief, the undisputed champion. Um, he's a former collegiate football player. You're a former collegiate football player, um, but he's in God mode now. Uh, obviously, that's the aspiration. That's where you want to go. Um, what, what, what do you see when, when you look at him? To, you know, I'm sure that might say, you know, that's something that hey, he, he did it from collegiate football player to God mode. You know, that's somewhere that it's attainable for me. I mean, just seeing his progression through this business is actually like something very special. He's right. I honestly believe that he is the greatest of all time. He's 
improved so much and just seeing that that can happen to me too. It, I put, you got to put the work in. He's put the work in. You got to show up every single day, willing to get better. And he's done that. And I, he's someone I definitely look up to now, not to say I'm here to be the next Roman Reigns. Cause I'm here to be the first Roman Mason, but he is a great person, a great leader to follow. I, I don't know that they'd let you be Roman though. You can't have two no. Romans. So maybe like Mace the lawyer or, or something like that. There's a Mace too. Goes by oh, no. Marseille now. That's so. right. That's right. He's a model. So I don't yeah. know. I have to think of something else. Have, is, is that something you've been workshopping? Absolutely. Names? Always. Yeah. I come I'm trying to have as many different name options as I can. I mean, obviously I want something I like, but I'm ready to rock with whatever. I'll be, call me Craig D'Amico. That's it. <laughs> you can have it for free. I'd be happy for you to have it and represent. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as far as the, um, you know, like I said, in, in, in law school, obviously there's evaluations, there's exams, bar exams, all that. So you, it's kind of easy to know where you stand as far in your position, in your job, in your training, What's the evaluation process? How do you get feedback and know kind of where, where things stand during this process? I think if, as long as you go in there and you work your tail off every single day and you show up early and you're the last one to leave, I think that you're going to be set. I mean, it, it might not be clicking at three months. It might not be clicking at six months, but if you're there every single day, busting your ass, I think it's going to eventually click. And I think the coaches see that we're there every day to get better. We have that collegiate football mindset to where that's what we always did. I was always an hour early for everything. I'd rather be two hours early than one minute late. That's just how I am. That's a great mindset. So, I mean, it, it doesn't bother me to be a little early, get a little extra work. And it's always, I mean, it just makes me better at the end of the day. And now it's, I think if you can just continuously improve, whether it's a half a percent every single day or 1% every single day, you get better at one thing every single day. I think I'll be set. And, and as far as timetable for those that follow, I mean, it's, it's unpredictable. Uh, you know, it could be any, any time, but um, you know, just your feel, you mentioned your, your security on NXT so we can look for you kind of in the background, but you know, any feel as far as a timetable of when, we, you know, we might seeing things get a little bit bigger for you. Uh, I'm not too sure yet. I would love to be able to tell you the exact date. I don't know anything. No spoilers. Know. We don't want to know. We don't want to know. We want to be surprised. Yeah. I'll be able to uh, re like post something on my social media like once that gets announced, which I don't know when that will be. Uh, it could be in the next month, could be the next three months, could be the next six months, but sometime hopefully before the end of the year would be really nice. And most importantly, you're having fun? Absolutely. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's it. <laughs> Roman, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And, and you know, you know, you keep played in the NEC. We kind of think of you as one of our own and, and we're happy to see you representing us, you know, in the world of sports entertainment. And we hope to see a main event WrestleMania one day. That'd be awesome. Absolutely, my man. I appreciate you. <laughs> we're proud of him. That's Roman Masick from the Duquesne Dukes, currently a WWE trainee down in Orlando, the next WWE superstar. I'm Craig D'Amico, and we thank you for joining us here on the NEC Overtime Pod.